Let us be attentive. The Lord is my strength and my song. The Lord has chastened me sorely. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat and no better off if we do. Only take care lest this liberty of yours somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you, a man of knowledge, at table in an idol's temple, might he not be encouraged, if his conscience is weak, to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge this weak man is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died, thus sinning against your brethren and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of my brother's falling, I will never eat meat, lest it cause my brother to fall. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are not you my workmanship in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Peace be with you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Let us be attentive. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will place the sheep at his right hand but the goats at the left then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, O blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? 
And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick and in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me, and they will go away into eternal punishment. <clears throat> but the righteous into eternal life. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It seems to be the universal cry of childhood at a very early age. The cry, that's not fair. Children seem to have an innate sense of judgment, of justice, from a very early age. And although they have that sense of justice, that's not fair, seems to be a rather childless, childish criterion for making just judgments. On the other hand, how well do adults do with the question of justice? How about this criterion, might makes right. Meaning, if you're positioned well, or born wealthy, or can afford a good attorney, if you're placed powerfully somewhere in society, then you have a stack of get-out-of-jail free cards. Well, then there's this standard of judgment. Law and order, that's how you make a just society. Well, America has about the highest rate per capita 
of prisoners. Our jails, our prisons are stock full. Law and order. Are we a just society? So you see, the question of justice, it's easy to say we want things to be fair, but when it comes to finding the criterion for justice, it becomes very difficult. Perhaps we ought to heed the criterion of justice set down by someone Jesus refers to as the Son of Man. Now, when Jesus talks about the Son of Man in the third person, does he mean himself? Well, yes and no. It means not the Jesus that we see portrayed on the right side or on the left side of our altar screen, the incarnate Jesus who comes to us meek and mild, but the Son of Man is the Jesus on the right side who comes to judge the world. That's the Son of Man. Jesus in the disguise of or in the aspect of judge. And what is the criteria of the Son of Man in making judgment? There's three points. I think that are most significant. Well, first of all, number one, ignorance of the law is no excuse. When did we, uh, when, when did you come and we didn't do what you asked us to do? I, I don't understand. That's not fair. Remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus, when the rich man appealed to Abraham to send someone to warn his brothers lest they end up in the same place of torment, what did Abraham say? What did Jesus say? He said, they have the scriptures. They have the prophets. They don't need anything else. We don't need anything else to understand how judgment will be rendered unto us. And secondly, the criterion of justice for the Son of Man is universal and impartial. No exceptions, no appeals, no finding loopholes, no refusing subpoenas. Everyone must appear before the dread judgment seat of Christ. Everyone. St. Paul puts it this way. God will render to each according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality, but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first, but also of the Greek. For St. Paul, that's everyone. 
everyone shall appear before the dread judgment seat of Christ. And, as Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew, every idle word you speak will be played back to you. So that's the criteria of judgment, that it is universal and impartial, and that ignorance of the law, ignorance of what is just, is no excuse. But then we come to the third and the final criterion of justice, which I think has a sting in its tail. We're very careful to listen to it. The criterion of judgment, according to the Son of Man, is this. As you do to the least of these my brothers, so you do also to me. Now actually, if you think about it for a moment, that's a message of great hope for humanity. The standard of judgment isn't what religious denomination you belong to, or how well you can enunciate the dogmas of your faith. The criterion of judgment is, as you do to the least of these my brethren, you do also unto me. Now for Christians, that's the baseline. And the Christians are called to go on from there to meet some of the other demands of the Christian life, as found, for instance, in the Sermon on the Mount. But what's important is that the Son of Man is saying that for those, even those who do not profess Christianity, because Jesus is in solidarity with the least among us, if anyone does well to the least among us, they do it unto Christ. So the world is filled with unconscious, involuntary, anonymous Christians. And we should think about that the next time we try to judge the world rather than letting the Son of Man do it. It's none of our business. It's not our place. We have a responsibility. If we profess Christ, we have a responsibility to do unto the least of our brethren. But when we behold the world around us, that's not our judgment. That's not our call. The Son of Man says, who does unto the least of these, my brethren, does it unto me. That's a message of great hope. The possibility of salvation being known not just among the Christians of the world, but all the world can know somehow Jesus Christ. And think about it for a moment. Doesn't that make sense? If Jesus Christ is the Word of God, and the Word of God is sown in the hearts of every human being who is made in the image of God, 
then there's great hope for the world in this message of judgment. Because judgment ultimately is not about punishment. It's not about getting the other guy. It's not about getting even. It's not about resentment. It's not about revenge. It's about salvation. To know the criteria of judgment is a wonderful thing. It gives us the opportunity to know not only salvation, but the Savior himself. Christ came to save the world. And there are many out there who are on the way, whether they know it or not, even whether they like it or not. Because of the word of God sown in the hearts of human beings, there are those who are doing the least unto these, their brethren, and so doing it unto him. That should inspire us. That should encourage us to go on with our witness to Jesus Christ. And it also should warn us, judge not, lest we be judged. And so with this message of judgment, with the hope of universal salvation of all the world, we begin our journey into Lent. And our job, our responsibility, is to witness in the most vivid way possible the salvation of Jesus Christ that is already contained in some way or another in those in our world who are seeking to do good. And I close with these words, again, from St. Paul in his letter to the Romans. For as many as have sinned without law will also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles, non-believers, who do not have the law, by nature, do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves. Those who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience, bearing witness, and between themselves, their thoughts, accusing or else excusing. Judge not, at least you be judged. But be faithful to the witness and grow those seeds planted in all of humanity of the witness of the word of God, Jesus Christ, our Savior, to whom belong all glory, honor, and worship, together with his eternal Father and his all-holy, good, and life-giving spirit. Amen. Please rise.